Welcome to Finding Pelvic Sanity. If you're struggling with pelvic pain, pelvic floor dysfunction, or pregnancy and postpartum issues, you're in the right place. These issues are common, but not something that you have to live with. We've seen the most complex patients from all over the world at Pelvic Sanity in Southern California. You might be feeling frustrated, embarrassed, or dismissed by the medical community, often for years. We know just how tough that can be, and we want to help you find Pelvic Sanity again. We're Jesse and Dr. Nicole Kozine. Together, we run Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy, wrote the IC Solution, and Nicole has trained thousands of pelvic PTs to provide better care. We want this podcast to provide hope and get you on the path to healing. Thousands of people with pelvic health issues find relief and live healthy, happy, and pain-free lives. And so can you. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to the very first episode of the Finding Pelvic Sanity podcast with Jesse and Dr. Nicole Cozine. Hi, Nicole. Hello. We are so excited that you are here. We're so excited to be doing this podcast and bringing some great information to you guys. So just wanted to dive in, Nicole. Why a podcast? Why a podcast about pelvic health issues, pelvic floor, and how to resolve these things? Well, I can tell you from almost two decades in this field, treating folks with pelvic floor dysfunction, I know two things are true. Number one, pelvic floor conditions are super common. And number two, the medical system does an absolute terrible job of diagnosing them and educating folks about what these conditions are, what they cause, what symptoms they cause. And we are just super passionate about bringing this information to everybody so that everybody can find a little bit of their own pelvic sanity. So we are going to talk to you a little bit about what is the pelvic floor, why do we care, what's it involved with, but before we do, we should probably introduce ourselves. As you heard in the intro, I am Jesse, beside me is Dr. Nicole Cozine, and we have been doing this for a bit. We've been doing this for a really long time. So bottom line is that I've been a pelvic floor physical therapist for almost 20 years now. I graduated from UC San Diego in undergrad and then went to Chapman University for physical therapy school and quite quickly got into pelvic health, which is pretty not a very common path for a physical therapist to take. It's gotten more common over the last few years, but back then it was not common at all. Fast forward to 2016, after working in South Orange County for a while, we opened our own clinic called Pelvic Sanity. So we have a brick and mortar pelvic health physical therapy practice in Orange County, California. And I quickly got so busy treating patients that Jesse came shortly thereafter to join me in the business. Meanwhile, we also wrote a book called The Interstitial Cystitis Solution. In my Early in my career, I worked alongside a urogynecologist that specialized in interstitial cystitis. And so right from the get-go, I was treating really, really complex pelvic pain conditions, many of whom had interstitial cystitis, which we will go into in subsequent podcasts. But that helped me to learn quite quickly the things that we talked about in the first part of this podcast, number one, that, that these conditions are super common and that medical the medical system does a terrible job at educating folks about how the pelvic floor is involved in all of these different pelvic health concerns. 
So not only did Nicole literally write the book, which I am listed as a co-author on, she does a ton of training and has trained thousands of other pelvic floor physical therapists to treat these conditions better, to recognize them, to assess them, and actually get to the underlying why of these things. So we've been putting this out and put out the IC solution. In terms of my background, I am not the doctor here. I'm here for the comedic relief. I am here to ask the questions that you guys are all wondering and, and thinking about, but I do have a history and worked in medical research. I know how to analyze papers and are, have just been versed in this field over the last eight years, and we're both obviously very passionate about making sure that you guys get practical, positive information, the kind of information you're likely not getting in those seven to 15 minute long you know, conversations in your doctor's office when you seem like you're getting ushered out as soon as you possibly can. So that's a little bit about us. Yes, I'm going to brag on Jesse for a little bit because what you may not know is that he sat at the front desk at Pelvic Sanity at the clinic that we both run for years and talked to many, 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 I would say thousands of patients over the years running the front desk. So I was treating the patients in the back and Jesse was answering the phone call. So he has heard all of your stories. We run a Facebook group called Finding Pelvic Sanity, similar to this podcast name. And we're just really passionate about helping you all because we've heard your stories and because we've also seen the other side where people do get better. And I feel like there's so much doom and gloom a lot of times and such a feeling defeated when you have a condition like pelvic floor dysfunction and the diagnoses that come with that, that we have seen the other side, we've seen the healing that can happen, and we're really excited to help you along that path. All right. So Nicole, without using a ton of anatomical language or going into the <laughs> deep dive that you love to do when we talk about the pelvic floor, give us the overview. What the heck is this pelvic floor that we're all talking about? I feel like a lot of people use the term and don't even really know what it means. Yeah. So the pelvic floor is not just a clever name. It literally, quite literally, is the floor of your pelvis. If you look down at your, towards your bottom, you can see, if you were to look inside the bowl of your pelvis, you would see a bunch of muscles and that's where your organs lie. So one of its functions is that it makes sure that nothing falls right out of your pelvis. So it sits as like a hammock or as a bowl for your organs to be there. It also has functions from bowel function, bladder function, so it stops pee and poo from coming out. Um, it also has to relax. The pelvic floor is a series of muscles that have to relax in order to allow us to eliminate waste. They have sexual function. They have function on keeping everything stable in your low back and hips. So a lot of times when we see dysfunctions of the pelvic floor, we see problems with peeing, pooping, sexual intercourse or sexual activity, and pain, pelvic type pain, commonly associated with things like low back pain, hip pain, tailbone pain, and pubic bone pain. So all that is to say is that the pelvic floor is a general term that is usually used to describe all of the muscles that go from your pubic bone to your tailbone, from your sit bone to your sit bone, and they control a lot of really important bodily functions. And there's like a metric shit ton of nerves running through there. Yes. So what's interesting is that all of the nerves, if you think about it, all of the nerves that go down into your leg from your back have to pass through the pelvis and your abdominal area. 
And so there are some that wrap around your sides and go to the front of your pelvis. There's some that go actually through the pelvis and down into your leg. But But a lot of people don't understand that if you have pain down into your legs, such as things like sciatica or back of the thigh pain, hamstring pain, glute pain, all of those things actually originate somewhere in the spine and the end of your spine is your pelvis essentially. And so a lot of times when we're treating these conditions, we must take not only the pelvic floor into account, but we also have to take the entire spine into account to really figure out how these things are connected. One of the other things that's super interesting about the pelvic floor is that it's like pinky swearing best friends with your abdominal muscles. So the stronger that your core is, the stronger that your pelvic floor muscles are, and they talk to each other. They decide when they're going to contract. They contract together. They sometimes lose touch with each other and they need to get reacquainted. But bottom line is that they are, the pelvic floor is also part of your core system, which a lot of people forget. One of the things I think the challenge about this, Nicole, is a lot of times people don't go into their physician, and we'll talk about why this is in a minute, but when they don't go into their physician and get a diagnosis of pelvic floor dysfunction, they get a different name for their symptoms. And honestly, a lot of times these names for things are just describing symptoms. It's just a description of what's going on. It's like going into the doctor and saying, oh, I've got pain in my low back. And the doctor looks at you and he's like, well, you've got low back pain. (laughs) Thank you. So, but like pain, right, is not usually just like, oh, you've got pain coming from your pelvic floor. It's diagnosed as interstitial cystitis, pedendal neuralgia, endometriosis, vulvodynia, vaginismus, vestibulodynia, tailbone pain, coccidinia, all of those different things. You probably have a different name for it, but it's still being generated, at least in part, by the muscles and nerves of the pelvic floor. Same thing with postpartum stuff and pregnancy stuff. Is you're probably being diagnosed with things like incontinence or prolapse or painful intercourse or I don't know, Nicole, what else? We got tailbone pain in that list. We got yeah. low back pain and hip pain. Pubic symphysis pain. I think if you look at all of those conditions that Jesse just mentioned, even though some of them may have their own quote unquote disease process going on, the common denominator is is the pelvic floor muscles are usually some sort of overactive, tense, tight, and start to generate pain themselves. And that's where it gets really sticky. And that's where a lot of times the physicians that are diagnosing these conditions have their toolbox, which is actually relatively quite limited with medications, procedures, and surgeries. But for a primarily muscle-based, nerve-based issue, physical therapists are really some of the best people to diagnose and treat these types of conditions. And you would be shocked to know that most physicians, if not all physicians, are not trained in medical school on how to assess and or treat the musculoskeletal system of the pelvis. So they do not learn anything beyond a lecture or two of anatomy when they're first starting medical school. They don't learn about the pelvic floor, what it is, what it does, and how it's intricately connected to all of those things that we just talked about. And that's shocking to many people, but the longer I've been in this field, the more I realize that this is true. And I have spoken to many hundreds of physicians that are like, yeah, we never learned this stuff. That's not part of our diagnostic process. 
Now you'll, every once in a while, you'll hit a few diamonds in the rough that are just awesome. And they maybe were trained by a pelvic floor physical therapist on how to look for pelvic floor muscle tenderness, but they're not doing a pelvic floor muscle exam. So their diagnostic process usually doesn't include any of those things. And I think that's one of the biggest shocks to most of my patients that come in. They're like, why didn't my doctor tell me about this? And it's like, well, they don't know how to look for it. It's a miracle that people are getting told to go to pelvic floor physical therapy at all, but they are not usually getting a very thorough pelvic floor muscle exam from a physician. That goes for urology, gynecology, OBGYN, which is shocking, right? Because especially OBGYNs, they're like looking down there all the time. They're going right through the pelvic floor when they're putting in the speculum, but they're organ-based and physiological-based practitioners. And they don't know a lot about the muscles, nerves, ligaments, bones, and how those are interconnected through the movement system. And so we're going to go into a lot of different podcasts about why this is and what you can do as a, as a person with pelvic a pelvic floor, what you should do about that, and why pelvic floor physical therapy and going to see a pelvic floor physical therapy specialist is so important. But just know that a lot of times the, these symptoms that are seemingly unexplained by a very typical and traditional medical diagnosis process, it makes sense when you think about the fact that these physicians aren't trained in looking at the muscles and nerves of the pelvis, but we are. So I am so excited to be bringing more information to you guys. We're obviously going to have a lot more in subsequent podcasts. Just wanted to give you guys a couple of other resources that we have and developed here. So Nicole mentioned the Finding Pelvic Sanity Facebook support group. That's an amazing community of almost 5,000 people already who are dealing with pelvic health issues, who are in an environment that we moderate. So it's positive. It's not all doom and gloom. It's practical. We make sure that the information in there is going to be accurate and trustworthy. We've got Pelvic Sanity on Instagram. You can follow that and get stuff during the week on all of the stuff that we're putting out there. And make sure you've subscribed to this podcast. We're going to be talking next week about finding a great pelvic floor physical therapist, how to find the right person, because there is a wide variety of experience and expertise when we're talking about this. And we're going to be giving you guys a lot more of this kind of practical, positive things of helping you to really understand what's going on. That's always the first step in being able to get help is really understanding this. And Nicole, one of the things I love, even, you know, it's almost 10 years that the IC solution has been out. But man, the first line of that, we talk about thousands of people with, in this case, interstitial cystitis, but for you guys, pelvic floor dysfunction, live happy, healthy, pain-free lives, and so can you. And you really believe that. We've seen people from who have been dealing with stuff for 40 years who come to the clinic and are able to resolve this stuff and get to the underlying why, resolve their symptoms, like it is possible. So if you're listening to this and feeling that you've been gaslit by the medical community, that you've been dismissed, that no one knows what's going on, that your only option is surgery, or you have to keep taking medication to mask your symptoms, there is absolutely help out there. Absolutely. And if you've been told it's all in your head or that you need to just go see a psychologist or calm down or decrease your anxiety and that and your symptoms will get better, that is also an example of being gaslit. There is a, a lot of times an underpinning of pelvic floor muscle dysfunction in a lot of these symptoms. And we just hope that this podcast brings you a lot of clarity and a lot of ways to advocate for yourself with your own medical team wherever you are. 
So, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is going to be really fun. It's going to be a fun journey. We're going to give you guys a lot of great information. So, stick around. We'll see you on the next episode. We hope that this has brought you just a little bit of pelvic sanity. Sanity.